welcome to the Film Geezers Podcast. Hello, welcome to the Film Geezers Podcast. I'm Rob Ol. I'm here with Cheeto. Hello. And today we're going to be discussing sequels, remakes and reboots. It's often a controversial topic. First thing we're going to do is define what each thing is. So the definition of a sequel. So it's a published broadcast or recorded work that continues a story or develops the theme of an earlier one. Now, while some films can be considered both a remake and a reboot, there are some fundamental differences between the two. A movie remake refers to when a brand new movie is made based on an older movie. Movie remakes do their best to stay true to the source material and they're typically made to feature the same storyline or specific concept. Whereas a movie reboot, they're also when a new movie is made based on an older movie. However, reboots usually do not focus on retelling the same storyline from the source material as remakes do. Reboots can keep as much or as little of the elements and concepts from the previous film as they like, but in the most extreme example, reboots can also completely start from scratch and disregard all previous backstories and plot lines. In some cases, the only thing that they may carry over in a reboot from the original film is just the movie title or a single character. So, like, um, I know there's, like, um, little, like, subgenres. Like, what would you consider, like, a what is a soft reboot? Like, because I know that term gets um, used a lot, you know what I mean, for different type of films and stuff. Uh, well, again, it's that definition between remake and reboot. It can be, you know, a grey area. Because I know, um, for one example, <coughs> uh, obviously you got The Thing um, by John Carpenter. There was a... There was another film called The Thing, made yeah, in 2011, I believe, and oh, that's right. considered a soft reboot because even though it's it's based sort of on that film and it sticks that premise, mm. it's also its own entity sort of thing. So it's, I mean, usually the reboot of film to start a new franchise. Yeah, with, especially nowadays, it's yeah. a very modern thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so before we start, we'll have a little trivia quiz. Yeah. Okay. So, I like, so a, like a trivia. When do you think the first sequel came out? Oh, God. Um, I'm going <clears> to say, I, I know a lot of people think that like sequels only really came about in the 60s, 70s. I think sequels have been around since films have been around. Is that correct? Or? 1916. 1916, yeah. Mm. Uh, there was a film called uh, Birth of a Nation, yep. made in 1915 by D.W. Griffith. Quite a controversial film. Um and Thomas Dixon Jr. made a sequel called Fall of a Nation a year later. So when do you think the first remake? First remake. Um, <clears throat> 50s? 1904. Nin- oh, even re- <laughs> yeah. recently? Yeah. Oh, even more. Um, there's a film called The Great Train Robbery made in 1903, written, directed and produced by Edwin S. Porter. And that was considered the first real film because it, it was the one that had the first real film to have a story, a narrative. Because before that, films were just like of ordinary things. Yeah. So if you, you remember like um, a train pulling into a station or something like that. Um, and so in 1904, director Sig- Sigmund Lubin released his own version of the film under the same name 
and it was almost identical to its predecessor. Very interesting. Yeah. Like I said, I, I, <clears throat> I would never thought it would go back even earlier than the sequels. Well, it's quite common in early film for, for filmmakers just to copy what other people yeah, were doing. Yeah, just to use other people's ideas um, like that, yeah. Because I think it, this, this kind of follows on into modern films as well. Mm. Is why risk, why risk your money on a, a, a totally original film when you can maybe copy a film or remake it? Mm. I mean, the... The biggest like modern film I can think of, obviously the '98 Psycho film, isn't it? With yeah. um, what's his name? Vince Vaughn. Yeah, yeah. Vince Vaughn. Vince Sant. Yeah. Um. So yeah. So, uh, and what about the first reboot? Um. Nineteen forties. Um. Eighty-four. Nineteen eighty-four. Um, wow. And it's a film called The Return of Godzilla. And the Godzilla franchise started in 1954. Mm. Um, and the crucial distinction between the Return of Godzilla and all the other preceding Godzilla adaptations was, and the very thing that defines it as a reboot, is that it was consciously and explicitly ignored the past adaptations and it returned to the story's beginnings. Right, that makes, it, that makes the actual definitions, now that you used um, examples, it makes yeah. it much more clear what the definitions yeah. are between the two. And so the last one, what was what was the film that you was first used to after the film as for a sequel? Oh god. Can I have the decade? nineteen uh, seventies. Seventies. Um of the exact year. Uh seventy four, I think. Seventy four. Um Or would it have been um no that's not right um I'm just trying to cycle through the like that's the thing I've watched movies so many movies from all these decades but like 60s 70s I haven't really watched sequels because like I said they were still even then quite rare um oh god uh Can I have the um, lead actor? Uh, Al Pacino. Godfather Part 2? Yeah. Really? Yeah, oh, Godfather wow. Two. Yeah. Because wow. kind of 70s was, uh, was the decade of the sort of sequel, wasn't it? Yeah. So. I oh, that's, now, that, now that you've said it, it's like, okay, the, probably the biggest movie of, of the 70s, yeah. you know what I mean? But I just couldn't, couldn't think of it, but... That's interesting. Like I said, that, that no one thought to use two. Yeah, but you had you had a lot of see like in the sixties. You had like Magnificent Seven and Return of the Seven and the Guns of the Magnificent Seven, but they just didn't use some of the Dirty Harry film yeah. films. They didn't. They they had a different title yeah. for each. But I suppose the reason why they changed it to do the the numerical thing is to so you can um, maybe sometimes people if it's got a different title but it's the same. Like franchise, people may think of it as a separate film where, when they're numerical, when they keep the same title. Yeah, but some some sequels like Dirty Harry, for example, mm. um, they don't they don't continue the narrative, so you can actually watch them as standalone films. You don't have to necessarily have to have I'm watched. Really, I've only watched the first one. Yeah. So, mm. so 
yeah, they they can be seen as standalone, mm. so they don't actually they don't have a common story thread like Godfather does. That's, that's really surprised me. Um, right, I'm gonna, in my opinion, I'm gonna say what is the reason why sequels tend to be worse than their originals. Um, because I mean, sequels they rarely eclipse or even get near their originals, don't no. they? Let's face it, you know, the amount of films that have been out. Um. One example is they they may have made loads of money from the original and they have no incentive to give it their all. Yeah. Um, the original cast and crew have moved on, maybe, you know, so there's there's um, a different driving force behind the film. Um, they just simply run out of ideas. Um, they kind of maybe write themselves into a corner or something or the sequel shouldn't have been made as in terms of um, they come up with some bullshit thing to bring a character back or bring a story back and it it just shouldn't shouldn't have been made yeah. they just should have kept it as a standalone film well quite often <clears throat> what makes a movie successful is um it's the right film at the right time yeah everything comes comes together you get a really good cast story and an audience's appetite for it and it's very difficult to have lightning strike twice yeah, well, I mean, the, the 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 biggest example of, of a film coming out at the right time is probably, would you say, A New Hope? Yeah, probably, yeah. Because, um, you know, the 70s was filled with, with yeah. depressing films, um, disaster flicks, and here comes along this fantasy film. Yeah, I mean, takes... it was completely different to anything that had been seen before, I mm. think, in the 70s. So, yeah, that, that could be an example. Well, you know, you get... You get uh, you get a successful film, and obviously you know, you want to cash in on the success of that film, so you want to rush out a sequel as quickly as you can. And sometimes mm. that means they can get ahead of themselves. You compromise on yeah. the story. They they take shortcuts or yeah. something, you know, like like what I said, where there's not that incentive, that full. Yeah. Like when you're making a movie, say you're making an original movie, you, of course it's your livelihood, you know, and and it's your thing, and you want it. You want to make money. You need to make money. It's your job, isn't yeah. it? Where Sometimes when you have all that money from from a an original film that maybe um maybe get lots of money at the box office, yeah. there may not be that incentive to fully put the, the same amount of yeah. work as the original. Well, like, I mean, an example would be say Ghostbusters two. Yeah. Um, you know, wasn't really great compared to its. I, I really don't remember that much. No. I love the original. I think uh, it's a classic, but I don't really remember the second. Temple of Doom. Yeah. Um, you know, again, it's kind of a little bit of a weak story, I think, well, compared to the original. How I um, explain it is that Temple of Doom should probably be, like, with ju- just with the Indiana Jones logo, it shouldn't even have that. It should be, it's like a knockoff of Indiana Jones. Like, yeah. it shouldn't be the actual Indiana Jones brand. You know, it shouldn't be anywhere near that, but... Yeah. Yeah, luckily they obviously brought it back with Last Crusade. And I think maybe sometimes they maybe leave it too late to make a sequel. It happens all the time. Um, um, Crystal Skull. Yeah. You know, they. I think they had so many problems with that, particularly over the screenplay and everything. Um, I mean, yeah, there's, there's loads of things why they get they get put off or something, but... Um, I mean, the worst the worst sequels I always find is when they try and... They try and create a sequel with different actors. Yeah, because 
I don't get why they think that ever work in a million years. I remember um, they tried to do it with um, there was a Dumb and Dumber film they tried to do it with, wasn't yeah. it? Um, that was a prequel, wasn't it? That was. But they tried to get Jeff Daniels and Jim Carrey on it, and right. they they turned it down. So I don't know why what goes through the like I said. I say I don't know why what goes to the head, but it's obviously money, isn't it? Yeah. That's all they care about because yeah. that's that's what you make movies for, isn't it? Really. So I think when you when you watch a film, you kind of invest in it. You get invested in the story. You get invested in the characters. Mm. And I think when somebody comes along and it's different with a reboot when you're, I mean, say for example, we say Batman. Yeah. You had you know Michael Keaton, George Clooney, Val Kilmer. Then they rebooted it with Christian Bale. And then they reboot it again with the the Batman v Superman yeah. thing. So I think that's that's not too bad. No, when you reboot it, you cut ties with the, the previous yeah. product. Of course, it's the same um, source material, but like I said, you cut it. You you cut from that previous yeah. product, you know, sort of thing. But um, if it's okay, I'm going to go into um, what we both think are examples of the worst. Um, sequels ever made. Yeah, I think. Okay. Um, do you want to go first? You can take it. Yeah, a... Okay. Um, I'll do my. <clears throat> for, these are in no particular order. Yeah. Um, Jaws Revenge. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, definitely. Because it's, it's odd because Jaws came out. Jaws 2 wasn't too bad. Mm. Then you had a little bit of a, a break and then Jaws 3D came out. And the claim is that wasn't really canon. Um, because you had Chief Brody's two sons in it, yeah, played by Dennis Quinn. I can't remember the other guy, um, and he's he's working at SeaWorld as an engineer. But then in Jaws Revenge, um, Michael is working as a, a marine biologist, and the other son's back in Amity as a police officer, and he gets killed by the shark. That does not make sense so, at all, does it? Yeah. <clears throat> and so... Um, That's the thing. When, when three cut, where did you go from that? Like, yeah. they, they had to probably just... So the story is this This great white kills um, kills their youngest son. Yeah. And then Ellen Brody, played by Lorraine Gary, goes to visit Michael in the Caribbean... And they just happen, a great white happens to turn up. Yeah. <laughs> and she thinks that it's the same one. And that somehow um, they're able to, you know, track them across the world. And it's got a personal grudge against <laughs> against the family. Um, I mean, to be honest, it wasn't the worst film. No, I, I, but, I like three and four. Yeah, I like them both. But, I can just compared to the original, like yeah. that's... That's such a classic, and it is to go from that to this. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and you know, Michael Caine again. I think it's, it's a period when he he wasn't. Uh, you know, he had a resurgence, didn't he? Recently, mm. but I think it was kind of before that. Yeah, and he admit he freely admits he just did it for the money. Was he just brought in for star power? Was I that think it? So, yeah, because mm. he says, you know, so he's he's never seen the film. He's just seen the house that he built. That's his quote. Yeah, that's a badass quote, yeah. Well, isn't it? Yeah. So that's my first one. Yeah, I just want to say I do, I I do like all the Jaws films. <laughs> I do, <laughs> but um, 
Yeah, I as a huge, huge Batman fan, um, I couldn't not put this in. Um, it's Batman and Robin. Um, it sort of put the nail in the coffin for like the the campy, hokey Batman That's films. George Clooney, Batman. Yeah, George Clooney. Yeah. Um, with the the bat nipples and stuff, yeah. it's just ridiculous. Um, yeah, it kind of. Like I said, put the nail in the coffin for the campy Batman films of the eighties and nineties. Um, who were the villains in that? Was so you had Two Face. So you had the one with that. Um, in what in specific Batman and Robin? What I can yeah. tell you is in all all those Batman films, you had um, people like the uh, Joker, obviously Jack Nicholson. Yeah. You had Danny DeVito as the Penguin. Yeah. You had. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones as Two Face, Arnold Schwarzenegger in Mister Freeze, um, Poison yeah, Ivy. Yeah, but they were really, um, they weren't like serious. They, like the the costume design and stuff it was just yeah. over the top. And um, I don't know. This thing is hard because I don't know if that's what they were going for. Because if that's what they're going for, fair enough. But I just think it got to the point where it was kind of a parody of itself. Well, it's, it's almost a throwback to the sixties yeah. TV show. And I, I thought if you, if you look at cinema of the nineties especially the 90s, it was very serious. You think the films that came out and you just get a, like I said, a, it wouldn't look out of place in the 66 Adam yeah. West film, would it, you know? But um, I don't even see any reason for them to pump out these shitty Batman films of this era other than to make a lot of money. That's literally what they did. Yeah. And of course they made money because it's Batman. You yeah. know? That's what happens when you get, um, I think it was, was it Warner Brothers, I think. You know, they, they, they own Batman and they're like, you know, I'm gonna make. I want to make some millions, so I'm gonna pump out. And that's the thing. There's no thought behind the stories. They just like the first Batman film isn't actually bad. I really like the first Batman film. Um, obviously it's the the Michael Keaton one. Uh, it's very. A lot of people think that the because the the ones further in in the saga are so like hokey that it's so light hearted, almost a comedy. But no, the the first Batman one, the first one with the Joker, Jack Nicholson. It's very um, dark, and I think it perfectly portrayed Batman, but it's like that thing where how can you get from that to that? You know what I mean? Mm. Just a couple of films. So I just think the reason why it is such a bad sequel is because, one, it's a dire film. Uh, it's it's sort of got... I guess it's sort of got that entertaining, entertainingly bad sort of thing, but I think for a Batman, for, for, for a Batman film, that's not what you should be going for. And I just think it got so, like Jaws, it got so far away from its source material that it's just, it should be a standalone film. It shouldn't even be connected to that. So I'm glad we got past those hokey 90s films. But yeah, that's that's the reason why it's first on my list. Okay. Over to you. All right, my second is Rocky Five. Yeah. Um, it's in a lot of um, lists, isn't I it? I like the Rocky films. Um, I've got to say Rocky... Probably Rocky Four is one of my favourites. This thing we we like Rocky, we like Rocky Two, yeah. Three, Four, yeah. Balboa. We like all of them apart yeah. from really Five, isn't it? So I mean, the story is that he's fought Drago in Rocky mm. Four, beating him in Russia. Yeah. Um, he loses his boxing license because of a, a brain injury, so mm. he decides to uh, retire from boxing, and he takes on. Um, Responsibility for training uh, a young fighter, yeah. Tommy Morrison, and in the end, uh, they end up having a street fight, and that's the big fight <laughs> sequence in it. 
that's the thing. Uh, once again, how can you go from like the prize fights of yeah. Apollo versus Rocky to him having a street fight? It just doesn't make sense. At so all. it's to me, it's just one film too far. They just they didn't need to make it. No. It's just not a good film, um, and it could have quite easily killed killed the franchise. Yeah, yeah. Really. I mean, they they got lucky with Rocky Balboa because I tell yeah. you. If, if that would have been the final film, that would have been basically yeah. its legacy, isn't it? You yeah. know, but I'm glad it didn't. So my next one, I'm gonna keep this short and simple. Is um, Dumb and Dumber Two. Now I don't know if you've not, if you uh, have ever watched it. Um, I did try to. It came um, out in 2014. I didn't get through the whole film. Well, just just the actual um, name of the the actual film itself just sums it up. It's Dumb and Dumber, and they spoke two with T.O. I was like, <laughs> yeah. that's the type of comedy they think is acceptable. But, um, yeah, it was an obvious cash grab, and it maybe even, obviously not to me, but it maybe even potentially slightly tarnished the classic Dumb and Dumber name to, to some people. Um, it's just one of those films that didn't need to be made again, and I think that's a, that's the theme of a lot of these films. It just didn't need to be made. And, in my opinion, Jim Carrey and Jeff Daniels were too old for this film. Mm. Like, Maybe, I don't know, 10 years ago if they, if they decided to bring up one, but it just, it made them look silly. They're like, they're, they're, too old, they're old men now, you know what I mean? And, and they're doing all this slapstick stuff that you'd expect from like youngsters and it's all around just a terrible slog of a film. And like I said, the worst thing that you can do with a comedy film, especially comedy, is make it boring because, you know, you, you've got some classic comedies that aren't really considered, that are never going to win an Oscar but they're entertaining and you can watch over and over again. But this is just, just all around a terrible film. But like I said, I've only watched it once. I'm glad I've only watched it once. So yeah, that's my, that's my okay. number two. Uh, my third one is Superman three. Yep. Um, love Superman. Um, that was kind of the origin story. Um, you know, established the character. Yeah. For those people who didn't know who Superman was. Superman two was good. Superman 2 is actually my favourite yeah. of them, yeah. Um, Superman 3, that's good. Um, that stars Robert Vaughn as a, uh, a billionaire who is, you know, is this evil billionaire, builds a supercomputer to control the weather, and it's got Richard Pryor in as kind of this computer genius. But it's just trying to... Um, inject comedy into it and it just kind of doesn't work see I've never seen it but that no. to, even to someone that hasn't seen it it just seems so out of place to put yeah. that into that you know because you kind of got Richard Pryor doing his thing which mm. is which is fine but in in a sort of I think they were trying to go for like the campy thing but it just didn't work because no. it just wasn't a good film so that's that's as much as I can say yeah. about it really like I said, I've never seen it, so I can't add about yeah. it. Right, um, my next film is A Good Day to Die Hard. Yeah. Now, hey, this isn't anything against Die Hard. I love Die Hard. I think Die Hard is one of the best action films of all time. I also love, I actually love a sequel to Die Hard, which is um, uh, quite, I guess, funny because we're bashing them, but it's um, Die Hard Without a Vengeance. That's very good, but this one is just, have you ever seen it? Yeah, I mean, like, Diad, I think Diad Two got rushed out, didn't it? Yeah, just cashing on the, and it's not a bad film. No, it's 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 um, I think it's one of those films. If it came out, if it was Die Hard One, 
yeah. and it'd be a decent film. But because it was, it, it had an absolute classic before yeah. it, it get, it's always going to be compared to that, you know. But um, um, Dad with a Vengeance was good. Enjoyed that. Really good film. Um, Die Fall was surprisingly good. Yeah. It's 4.0, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But yeah. But you this, get to a point where they just don't don't realise that it should just should end. Yeah, you know, really. I mean, it's one of the most obvious cash grabs of all time. I can't. I mean, when I watched it, uh, there's literally no need for this film to exist whatsoever. Bruce Willis doesn't even look interested in the film. You can actually <laughs> see him, and at some points, he even has like a smirk on his face because, like, probably well, he's in, thrown he, it in though. Yeah. He, <laughs> Oh, he, he's got the smirk on his face because he knows he's made the easiest money of his career. You know what I mean? It's an absolute, once again, an absolute slog to sit through. And yeah. I love, we, we love films, but just even there's even some films we just can't watch. And like I said, I'm, I'm, it's a film I'm never gonna watch again. Like mm-hmm. I said, I will Die Hard, very close to my heart. Um, with a Vengeance close to my heart, but this one's certainly not. I'm never gonna watch this one again. And I don't recommend anyone else to watch it. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah, my next one's Godfather Part 3. Yeah. Um, love the Godfather, love Godfather 2. All I can say about Godfather 3 is why. Yeah. Was there no need for it to be made? No, not really. Um, it was just, just poorly poorly made, really. That's all I can say about it. Oh, did it was it these... Because I know it was made, what, uh, it would have been... 17 years later after yeah. the original um did it have this was it the same studio was it the same cast was it was it like the same um people behind it producers directors was it yeah it was um it was made in 1990 so yeah. 16 years after 16. the second um it was written and directed by coppola that's really surprising written by mario puzo had al pacino in it uh, andy garcia um and i guess the only thing that really sums it up is it wasn't as good as the first two and um, massive nepotism. Um, yeah. Coppola had his daughter Sophia Coppola in it, and she just isn't a good I actor. I can't stand. I can't. St- uh, I can't stand yeah. that when they do that. And it's a massive turn off for the film. But yeah, I mean, she's a good. She's a good director, but not a good actress yeah. at all. I mean, Talia Shire is actually. Uh, she was in it. Um, she also played Rocky's wife. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's actually Coppola's sister. Oh, really? I did yeah. not know that at all. Wow. Yeah. So, Decent bit of trivia there. So ne- nepotism does work, but not, not to that extent. No. So what's your next one? Uh, my next one is uh, Speed 2, Cruise Control. Oh, <laughs> um, By that. I think I've maybe seen it once. I've seen it once, and yeah. where it was is I think I came back from a party or something, and it was late at night, and I just put it on, and I just... I watched it and I was like, oh, okay. Um, I'll tell you, I don't blame Keanu Reeves for turning this sequel down, you know what I mean? Jesus Christ. Sandra Bullock reprises her role, but like Bruce Willis, she knows that she's made some easy money there, isn't she? You know what I mean? Um, they kind of tried to have that Keanu Reeves character by bringing in Jason Patrick, but it's not Keanu Reeves, so it doesn't work. Um, yeah. He's terrible. Really. Like I said, he tries to be Keanu Reeves. Um, Speed 2 is... The same film as his original, just in the boat, and of course miles worse. Um, it's not original and it's boring because uh, they literally, like I said, they've done the same film, just tweaked it slightly, and it just doesn't work. Um, that's all much I can really say because I remember the uh, 
the final scene was about to crash into the um into this dock or something, isn't they? And uh, you can tell it's gonna it's gonna be one of those um, endings where at the last second they stop it and everything will be fine, you know. So it's just a generally boring film, and like I said, that's one I'm never gonna watch again. So yeah, Speed Two Cruise Control. Mm-hmm. Right now, on to yours. Yeah, so my last one is the Sting Two. Yeah. Um, the original Sting uh, was. Uh, 73 starred Paul Newman uh, Robert Redford Robert Shaw and the thing about this this was uh, this was made in 83 and it's really weird because it stars Jackie Gleason yeah oh wow and Mac Davis but they're not playing the same characters which is because so it's the same Paul, Paul Newman played Henry Gondorf and Jackie Gleason's playing a character called Fargo Gondorf. That's odd. Um, although they are they are kind of modelled on those same characters. Mm. Uh, Redford played uh, Johnny Hooker, and Mac Davis plays Jake Hooker. So then, are they relatives to? The, no, they? they're not. That's the That's thing. That's odd, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know but what then, they were thinking. The main the main bad guy in the original Sting was. Um, Robert Shaw played a, a a character called Doyle Lonergan. Mm. Well, in this film, Oliver Reed plays Doyle Lonergan. That's so weird. So it's, just, isn't it's, it? it's almost like a reboot. Yeah, and a sequel at and the same time. And a sequel time. at the same yeah. time, and it just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, I'm not surprised that didn't it's work just, to be. You know, you're trying to shoehorn different actors into a into a film, and it just doesn't work. So mm. that's all I can say about yeah, it. Like I said, I can say I've never seen that <clears> film. Um, and my last. Uh, bad sequel is Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines uh, there was probably a lot of hope to this sequel to be fair I don't know it was two and three I would have been four years old you know, just down to the previous two films being instant classics you know um, this film completely misses the mark for me uh, it feels like whoever wrote the script didn't really care about the Terminator story or lore um, it's literally the same premise as Terminator 2 a bad Terminator goes back in time a good Terminator is sent back to stop it but this time it's a woman um, that's just laziness as they, as they actually thought that this would differ it drastically from the other films when it doesn't this film can't even be named in the same sentence as the two prior to it and it's another one where I I look back to this film and they could have done so like it's it's a, it's, a, it's weird to say but it's actually a really good idea because um, it explores um, obviously Skynet how um actual what, what doomsday is in it um i don't know if you've ever seen it yeah, at the end yeah, of doomsday I don't remember um they show the whole doomsday scene and, and what it's like and we never saw that in the previous two movies but they just com- they completely messed it up and like i said this is i've not watched this since i'm not gonna watch it again even though i'm a huge tony fan and arnie's not that bad in it to be fair but he like i said he, he knew he was gonna get another good paycheck so that's probably why he did it but yeah, that's that's my last cool. bad. That's good. I mean, once in the blue moon, we do get a sequel that is better, or at least on par with its original. So, what's your first one? Um, I'm gonna go with Empire Strikes Back. Yep. Um, I like. I do obviously do like a New Hope. Yeah. Uh, that launched, you know, the franchise. Without New Hope, we wouldn't have Empire. But that goes goes back to a little a few of mine uh, choices yeah. is 
what you, what you sometimes tend to find is that if it's a low budget film, mm. you know, the original is a low budget film um, that's really successful, then they want to they want to put out a sequel. And and Star Wars: New Hope was considered a fairly low budget film. Yeah. Um, he didn't. I don't think Lucas could. He, you know, he claims that he couldn't do a lot of things in that that he wanted to do. That's why he did the uh, the. That's why he did the digitally enhanced re-release. Yeah. Um. And obviously, given access to uh, a bigger budget, sometimes you can produce a better film. Certainly does help. Yeah. But in the case of him, I don't. I don't. I can't really pinpoint why. Why I think it's bad. I just think. Maybe it's the storyline. Maybe it's Vader, which is one of my favourite characters. Yeah. Um, maybe introduction of Yoda. Well, for me personally, I I can see not exactly night and day between New Hope and Empire, but I can see just as a takeaway Star Wars. I can as two movies, Empire is is the premiere yeah. of that. Um, obviously, lot um. George Lucas didn't write this one, was it? It was um, Lawrence Kasdan. Lawrence Kasdan. Yeah. Um, cinematography is much better. The fight yeah. scenes are much better. Like yeah. I said, with a bigger budget, you can have better effects. Um, it's just a lot of it. I think a lot of yeah. things fell into place. And the bad guys essentially won, which wasn't seen at, like that yeah, much at the time. It was, you know, it was a darker film. Obviously, yeah. probably the biggest twist in film history at the end. Yeah, <laughs> Of course, I'm... Up to that point... Irvin Kirshner directed it as well, so that he could have had something to do with that, you know. Um, obviously, being George George Lucas's old um, teacher, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. So, like I said, I just think it's a load of, of different yeah. things that came together to okay. just make this. It's such a perfect film, and mm-hmm. I think, you know, even though we're Star Wars super fans, I think it's in our both top ten of all yeah, time, isn't it? Definitely. Um, right, my first is uh, you probably. You personally, Robo, are probably not going to be that interested, but it's Captain America: The Winter Soldier. Um, yeah, I'm not a big fan of um, Marvel films. Well, I, I'm not a big fan of remakes and reboots. Yeah, and they seem to be the Marvel ones. Seem to be the ones that do most of them. The fact you had two reboots of Spider-Man since 2000, you had two reboots of Fantastic Four since hmm. 2000. Um, so yeah, I just you know, if you're going to remake a film or reboot it, I think it's got to be a good film. This, um, like I said, I, yeah. I think it's different, obviously, because um, we're different generations, isn't it? You know, I grew yeah. up. Uh, this is my generation of films. Um, I grew up with these films. Um, these are the biggest films of of sort of my generation. Um, I mean, in my opinion, the film is the best film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is all of the um, 23 Marvel films that Marvel Studios themselves made, because a lot of, obviously, Sony bought the rights back in the 90s to some of the properties. Um, Marvel then acquired them back and made their own studio. I I read Sony could have bought the entire um, Marvel characters, but they they decided to buy buy Spider-Man only. They didn't think Iron Man would would actually... at that time, the rest of the characters were just kind of peripheral, weren't they? C-list characters, yeah. but yeah, they bought um, all the A-stars like uh, Spider-Man, X-Men, um, I think Fantastic Four, but yeah, what could have been? But mm. I am glad they didn't because, um, I don't know, This it just does everything right, this film. 
the original Captain America was a great but simple origin story um, of one of the most iconic superheroes ever. Like I said, it is very simple because it had to be. Uh, they had to play it safe so casual viewers can become integrated with the character and the actual story itself. Um, I still love the original though. Um, it's a uh, it's a wartime movie above everything else. Um, I think you'd like quite like it, but I know you don't want to hear that. Uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier just builds on on and carries on the story. Uh, the intro is an amazing all-out action thriller boat scene um, that just kicks off the film. Uh, it introduces new characters. You've got um, the Winter Soldier and Falcon, uh, who add another level of world and story building to the film. It also includes Scarlett Johansson's character Black Widow, which is always a bonus, you know what I mean? Uh, the genre of the film is more like an espionage crime thriller than a superhero film, and that's what I love about superhero films. When they don't chuck it down your throat that it's a superhero film, it, they put the, the film and the genre first and foremost... And they just make a great film that just happens to f to focus on superheroes. But yeah, that's that's why I think that Captain America: The Winter Soldier is better than the original. But like I said, I, I love both films. Cool. All right. Uh, my next one is Mad Max Two. Yep. And going back to previously, what I said, Mad Max was kind of a sleeper hit. You know, this small Australian film, mm. low budget. Um, did phenomenally well, so a sequel was kind of inevitable. Yeah. Um, Did it so, get picked up by American? Yeah, yeah. 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 Obviously made a star of Mel Gibson. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Mad Max 2. Um, Does it differ a lot from the original? Yeah, because the, the Mad Max is, is uh, pre-apocalyptical, Yeah. whereas Mad Max 2 is post-apocalyptical. Mm. Um, so it is kind of a different storyline a little bit. Um, but obviously it's probably just the budget makes it mm. you know a lot better because they can do a lot more with it. Um, they probably they probably had obviously better uh, obviously better cast, better yeah. writers, better producers, yeah. all that behind the scenes. Yeah. So, so that's all I can say about that. Really. Okay. Um, my next is Terminator Two: Judgment Day. Um, in my opinion, this is the best of the Terminator movies by quite a long margin. Uh, but again, going back to that, it was, obviously the original was made on a, yeah. a shoestring budget. Um, it could it could have a lot to do with that. Um, but Terminator Two is an action film, yeah, and that seems your that's your favorite. I love it. I love that type of. Um, which again, all of these are very uh, very objective. Um, like I said, you know. it's just like I said, it's, it, this is all opinion here. You yeah. know what I mean? Other people yeah. are gonna have. People are gonna like Terminator Three, you know what I mean? Yeah. But that's fine. But um, I'm not saying that the original is bad. Of course, no. it's not. It's a classic. I just prefer what they did in the sequel. Um, first of the film is like completely turned upside down when we're introduced to not one but two Terminators: uh, the T-100 played by Arnold Schwarzenegger and the T-1000 played by Robert Patrick. Uh, yeah. Arnie is the good guy. Spoiler alert. Well, it's because he, he wanted to turn his image around, yeah. didn't he? Uh, and he wanted to make more sort of family-friendly films as well. It, obviously, Kindergarten Cop at the time, Jingle All The Way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I said, spoiler alert, but it's been what? God. 90s, wasn't it? Yeah, it's been... Um, at least 20 years, for 30 years. 29, <laughs> yeah, yeah, 30 years now, so... <laughs> good, unlucky. Uh, and the T-1000 has upgraded liquid metal version. Um... 
so that already raises the stakes. Uh, the film completely switches up the tone of its original. Uh, the first Terminator movie was an out-and-out -out horror film, in my opinion. Um, whereas this one is a bona fide action film. And like you said, I just love action films yeah. and I prefer this one to its original. But like I said, that's taken nothing away from mm -hmm. the Terminator, the, the, the original, because of it was literally all it was is James Cameron. He was up, he, no one heard of him. He He's another one that writes his own movies as well, which I respect. Uh, he just had an idea and got it done, didn't he? And yeah. he produced the Terminator out of that. And without the Terminator, that's the thing. Without the originals, we've never got these sequels. So, yeah. you know, you, you've got to give it to the originals as well, don't you? So, yeah. And it had sort of groundbreaking special effects. At yeah, the time. even even you could say, arguably, stand up today, can't yeah. they? You know what I mean? It's, it's, I've seen much worse CGI in... in mid 2000 films mm -hmm. and I have an early 90s film you know so yeah like I said that's that's one of the reasons why and it's not just one of my favourite sequels it's one of my favourite films of yeah. all time so yeah okay. on to yours right surprisingly my next one is Logan yep um I say I don't mind I don't mind the MC um films I mean I, I watched the original X-Men yeah, I think I watched the sequel to that as well. Mm. Um, I just think this, this, you know, there's only so far you can go with characters and story and without repeating yourself. Yeah. Uh, but I just love Logan because it is again a lot darker than it's. It's not really a comic book story like the others. No. Um, and it, I just love the way they deal with um, an aging superhero. You never really see that, do no. you? And it, uh, no. it's a different way. It's a different take on things. Yeah, you've got like uh, Professor X, who's who's got, um, I think it's dementia, or uh, and he's he, he finds he's difficult to control his power. Yeah, so he's having to obviously medicate himself. And you've got Logan, who's the the adamantium skeleton is slowly killing him. Um, so he's he's not able to heal himself uh, like he could. And it's just, I think it's just a wonderful story that you don't often see, like you said, what happens to superheroes when they get old. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, Hugh Jackman... Yeah, he's not, he's not technically a superhero, but, you know, it's just like what happens to these characters when they get old and you, you don't see that. And it's just, yeah, it's just beautifully... Like made. I said, with um, Hugh Jackman, I think he definitely put in his, probably his best performance yeah. ever. I mean, you can see in the um, recordings of it, yeah, even the sound, he probably goes method for mm. this, and you can see that, definitely. And there are two versions, and I would highly recommend watching the black and white one because I think that just adds something to it. Yeah. It's crazy how little things like that can, yeah. can just change a film. Like we were saying the other day with with um, Psycho, that completely yeah. they could have shot it in colour, but no, yeah. they shot it in black and white, and like I said, little things like that can just... Well, like in a lot of... You know, a lot of cases with sequels you know they want to keep the characters the same age they were throughout yeah. and you've got an actor who's getting older it's just not real is it and it's it not just, it reality looks, it looks stupid i mean that's that was the good thing about the sort of crystal skull was that they allowed indy to get older yeah and play an older version of himself um but yeah it, it's it's a bit stupid when you've got a 50 year old actor trying to trying to play a 30 year old again and that believe, believe us that does happen in a lot of films so. <laughs> yeah Right, so, um, yeah, that's my third one. good choice. Right, um, my next is is I always bang on about this film. It's just because I love this film, and I'll defend it to the 
the day I die. Um, it's the Dark Knight. I always, I know it's up in all my lists. You're probably sick of. Oh. No, I've seen it and I, I like it. You mm. know, it's just, it's just not a film that I would watch over and over yeah. again. Well, in my opinion, like this is literally one of the greatest movies ever made. Like I said, in my opinion, it's um, I love the whole, I love the whole Dark Knight trilogy and all their films. Um, they are films that I hold remarkably close to my heart, but it's pretty obvious that this one is the best. Um, like Captain America, the Winter Soldier, it completely and utterly builds on its original. And you can see that it was a bigger budget, more room for exploring different ideas and almost a sense of freedom. Uh, it's original. Batman Begins is another brilliant film, but like Captain America, the Winter Soldier, it's very limited on what it can do due to it being an origin story. Um, Chris and Nolan just took the shackles off and went, went on a mad one. Um, Joker is a huge part of this film, obviously, being better due to the fact that Heath Ledger is a gener uh, gives a generational performance. Uh, he is so well written. Um, us, the viewer, can almost sympathise and see the method to his madness. And I think that's that's the key when trying to write a really good villain. Um, and yeah, the, the Dark Knight just kicks the door off its hinges and doesn't take shit from no one. And I, I, just, I just love the film and I just love that it when I first watched it, I didn't know where this was going to go because, like I said, you you get you hear Batman, and you're like, okay, it's going to be the same story, but it really isn't. And it's another it's another one like Captain America that it is a action, it's a gritty action thriller above everything else. It's of course it's a Batman film because it's got Batman and it. it's got all of his characters, Gotham and so. But um, you could take just. Play, have Christian Bale play an ordinary guy, play um, get Heath Ledger to play an ordinary guy, not the Joker, and take away the Batman, the Gotham, and it'll still be one of the best thrillers of all time. So that's why it's definitely up there of my best films of all time. Yeah, good. Right, on to yours. All right, the next one is Superman 2. Yep. Um why is this better than Superman 1? Well, um, <clears throat> the plot is, so before the destruction of Krypton, the criminals General Zod Ursa and Non are sentenced to banishment into the Phantom Zone. Mm. And so the start of Superman 2, the Phantom Zone, is shattered near Earth and they're freed and they make it to Earth. So now you've got three... Um, bad guys with the same powers as Superman. Yeah. Which you don't often get in... in um... Cause that's, a, that's a problem with Superman films even yeah. nowadays, is that Superman is just too strong. Yeah. But you never see someone who can match yeah. up, and that adds stakes to it. And you've got um, Terrence Stamp playing General Zard. He's just, I think, one of the ultimate bad guys. Yeah, legendary in, in performance, yeah. definitely, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I just think that makes it a lot more interesting when you examine, you know, two, you've got a superhero who's coming up against somebody who's got the, you know, same powers as he has. Because um, actually, um, they filmed Superman and Superman 2 uh, consecutively yeah. at the same time. So was it Richard Donner done Superman um, 2 as well? No, it was Richard Lester. Oh, okay. Didn't it? And uh, the problem was that they had problems with Marlon Brando and stuff. Yeah. So... They decided to abandon Superman 2 for a bit and then finish Superman 1. And then they returned to Superman 2. Um, I think it was about 75% done. It's amazing they got 
Superman 2 out of all that. You yeah. know what I mean? It's just well, the stars aligned for it. Yeah. Well, yeah, just I think it's just a better film. Because yeah. um, it is, I mean, it's, it's like with any film. You, you're first of a series, you're always, you're establishing character. You, 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 it's very formulaic, yeah, isn't it's it? It's the origin story, the backstory. Yeah. So there's probably like, like with Superman, you know, the first half of the film or even more is showing him coming to earth as a baby, growing up, mm. you know, and you only get to sort of the action bits right at the end. Yeah. Um, so this one, obviously, with a, with a sequel, you can go straight into it. You know the character. You've established that yeah. avenue, yeah. And you can just go straight into act, the action then. Mm. Like, so. I said, like I said before, Superman 2 is my personal favourite. <laughs> and I just, I I love the um, the action scenes in it as well. It's yeah. very good. Like I said, it's it's, it's almost an all-action film. And you know how much I love action films. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it's a really good film. Um, once again... This next film is one I always bang on about, um, Aliens. Yeah. Um, I think it's another sequel that is just as good as its original. Um, this statement can be controversial to some, but agreed by others. Um, I love the original Alien, let's not beat around the bush, but like Terminator 2, Judgment Day, I just love the all-action of the sequel. Like I said, I'm a very yeah. big action head. I mean, Alien you could describe as a horror film. Yes. Whereas Aliens is... I wouldn't is... even call it a horror film. No, like I said, it's, it's a it's a for, to me, Aliens is a sci-fi. No, I, Alien, the original. Yeah, Alien is a horror film. Yeah, yes, but Aliens is an action film. All that action yeah. film, sci-fi. Um, you can see it has a much bigger budget. You know, this is evident evident to the huge main cast of the film. It has a total tone shift. The original was all about the suspense, um, crampness, and the fear of the unknown. Uh, whereas its sequel was all about thrills, explosives, and action. The most obvious reason for this tonal shift is because of the change of directors. Um, Ridley Scott and James Cameron have two very different styles and it shows. Um, like I said, this is not me bashing Alien. I love Alien. Alien is one of my favourite films of all time. I'm a huge fan of um, Halloween and that's built off suspense. Alien is another one that's built off suspense. I love um, when a film can make you feel those, those true human emotions and it certainly does that, but I just, I really am a sucker for explosives you know um it's all that action and yeah that's why it's on my list so yep and your last one is the godfather 2 yep so the premise is that um you know the end of the godfather film al pacino his character michael he's taken over the family he's assumed his father's position as godfather mm. and so Godfather 2 is is actually, um, it's kind of two films in one because um, it cuts in between um, two storylines. So the first storyline is Michael consolidating his power. Um, it's during the 50s, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's in the 50s, yeah. Um, so there's that storyline, and then there's the other storyline um, goes back to 1901 and follows... Uh, Vito Corleone, that's his father, um, when he came to America from Sicily and how he uh, became, essentially became the godfather. Yeah. So it's a, uh, Robert De Niro plays the, the young uh, Vito for which he got an Oscar. Yeah, oh, And that's know that. the only time that two actors have got an Oscar for playing the same, same character. character, but in separate films. Wow, that's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. 
Um, but it just is. I, I mean, I guess, like we say, you know, part one of a, a, a film is always going to be the establishing, you know, and although it's a, it's a good story as well, this just goes on and explores, you know, carry, what you can't really do in a in a first film is sometimes you haven't got time to fully explore characters yeah. and fully flesh them out, whereas with this it does. You can actually, it's just, yeah, I just find it, just, just better than the the original. Only just. Yeah, I've seen a lot of people agree yeah. to that on polls. Um, right, my last film is uh, Under Siege Two: Dark Territory. <laughs> uh, getting yeah. the representation. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a sequel many people may not know about. Uh, it is, of course, a sequel to Steam to the Steven Seagal action film Under Siege. Uh, now, both of these films fall into the same category of bullshit 90s action films that we love, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But they're both guaranteed to give you a good time while watching. Um, the reason why I think that the sequel is better than the original, because let's face it, it is just Under Siege 1, isn't it? Yeah. But instead of it being set on a boat, it's on a train. It's because it does somewhat differentiate itself from the original. It's got a whole new plot. I think a lot of people don't realise it's actually a different plot besides the train bit. It's yeah, got... Well, the overall plot is still, you know, still the same. You know, a, a guy's trapped in a situation, you know, terror. No, but I mean, from from the bad guy's point of view. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's, yeah. Um, yeah, like I said, it differentiates itself from the original. Uh, it's got some new characters, and for some weird reason, I just like the train setting more. Um, I think it also has one of the best endings when Casey, played by Steven Seagal, somehow defies the laws of physics and runs out, outruns literal yeah. fire. <laughs> um, he then proceeds to jump out the train before it crashes off the tracks. He yeah. literally jumps like 20 feet onto a ladder, yeah. dangling from a helicopter. I just love the, how the film doesn't take itself too seriously and that it knows what it is and it executes that perfectly. Like, I'm in no... I know it's not going to win an Oscar, you know what I mean? But... Yeah. It's one of those films that you can just put on and rewatch. Like I've watched, this is one of my most watched films of all time. Like, say, I don't know, say Shawshank. You got to be in the, you got to be in the right mind. You got to be set. You got to set your your mind, your brain has to be. You know, you got to be in the right mood. Where it's a film like Under Siege Two, you can just put on and have a good time in it. You know, when you're eating or something. You know, so that's why it is my last film. So. Okay. I think we're going to talk about bomb, like yeah. films that are bombed now, haven't yeah. we? So we've got some remakes and reboots that really didn't take off. Um, first one, Men in Black International. Have you ever seen? Have um, you ever seen it? I haven't. No, it's it had a hundred and ten million dollar budget oh, and has earned about domestic earnings was like forty million. Did you um? Did you ever see any of the original Men in Black? I saw the first two. Yep. The, there was there was three of the the originals and I, I liked all three actually. Um, I remember seeing the third one in the cinema, but this because I've seen the the new one, um, it just is the same film. It's the same premise and it's... Yeah, but sometimes what makes a, what makes a film good like that is the chemistry between the two. Yeah, they it's don't like have that buddy buddy kind of. It's like can you imagine Lethal Weapon being the same without the main actors? Oh in no. It? Or anything like Chemistry that. Chemistry between yeah. characters is such a big thing, and like they don't have it at all, no. and it's just is a boring film. Yeah. So, and that's a, a sin. The next one is the Mummy. Now, is that the um Tom that's Hanks the Tom uh, Cruise, Cruise one? one yeah. So, from a hundred twenty-five million dollar budget, it made eighty million. And that was that was sort of a um 
soft reboot, wasn't it, yeah. from the Brendan Fraser yeah. ones? Of the... I liked the Brendan Fraser ones. I did. Um, they were, they I mean, were fun. The Mummy seems to be a, a, a film that's been remade a lot. I mean, the, yeah. you had the original 1930s Universal one with Boris Karloff. Yeah. You had the 50s one, the horror, uh, Hammer one with Christopher Lee. Yeah. And then obviously you had the Brendan Fraser in in 90, and I think there was three of those. Um, And then this, obviously, I didn't see it. I've seen this, yeah. and I... I saw all the advertising. I was like, "Oh my god, this is gonna be a brilliant film!" Yeah. And it just—I was like, "How can this fail?" But it just was bad. It was—it was like any other film. It was just—it didn't stand out at all. It was just a CGI fest. It really was well, a bad CGI fest. From, from what I've read, it's it, a lot of people blame Tom Cruise, saying that he had too much control over it. Which he does, doesn't he? He likes to yeah. dip so, his fingers in, you know. Yeah. So the next one is the 2008 Incredible Hulk, which I think you've got a lot to... Uh, yeah, it's... Which in itself was a reboot of the 2003 film. Um, it's the thing, I... Hulk, he's a, he's a big... Of course, he's a big character, like a big name. Um, but he's really been screwed over with films. I mean, I remember the, 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 the Hulk film I grew up with was the Eric Banner one, the 2003 yeah. one. And... That's well, I grew up with the the seventies TV yeah, show, Frigno. Frigno, you know. Yeah. So it's it's he's not had a good time on screen, has he, Hulk? No. But the two round three one wasn't that good. Um, and then uh, obviously when the MCU came around, they made Iron Man was the first film um, in two thousand eight, and then that same year they brought out the Hulk. Um, and it's it's a really weird film because they chose none other than Edward Norton to play him, yeah. to play Bruce Banner. And it just doesn't fit at all. And like I said, it's it's almost a forgotten film in the MCU. You There could be diehard Marvel fans and you ask them to name every single film and they'll, they'll name you 22 and they miss out this one because like I said, it's a very weird film. Because surprisingly, I've, I've actually seen, I think it's, is it Avengers Assemble? Yep, yep. Yep, and I quite liked it. And because it's played by Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, I quite like the cool mm. character. That's the thing with um, um so like I said, the Incredible Hulk came out in two thousand eight and then obviously they because they tried to do all the origin stories before doing the, the the big story with all the men. Um when it came round to uh doing Avengers Assemble in two thousand twelve, um he kept all the characters of course. But they didn't keep all of the actors, and the only actor that got replaced was Edward Norton. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they found the perfect replacement in uh, Mark Ruffalo. And how they, the reason how I know that Marvel didn't like Edward Norton as Hulk is because they don't really care to explain why. Like, of course, they're not going to explain why he's a different person because he's the same person. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's almost one of those things. Oh, I went away for a long time, so. But yeah, they couldn't have replaced. Than be- anyone better than um, Mark Ruffalo, in my opinion. So, yeah. okay. this is probably going to be one for you as well. Yeah. Um, the 2007 <laughs> Rob Zombie remake of Halloween. Jesus Christ. Well, what was that story? Or reboot, should I say? What was that story about? Um, God, it must have been 12. Because he did, he did Halloween and he also did Halloween 2. Yeah, H2. Well, it's a thing. Um, I'm going to explain it in a sec, but just to sum it up really quickly, I remember it must have been 10, 11 years ago, you tried to watch it late at night. You could only watch five minutes of it and you turned it off. 
I have been, been unfortunate enough to have watched it the full way through. Um, it's odd because, like I said, Halloween, the John Carpenter one, is just one of those films that you just can't touch, isn't it? It's a masterpiece. You just leave it alone. It's like, can you imagine someone um, doing a reboot of A New Hope? You just or or Raiders? You just wouldn't do that, would you? No. Um, and basically, what happened is Rob Zombie got a bit full of himself, and he was like, "Okay, I." I can do a much better Halloween film than John Carpenter, even though it was his idea. Um, and he tried to explain... I must admit, he, fair enough on him, he, he tried to explain um, what made Michael... Because it starts out as a, for him as a kid, and like about three quarters of the film is when he's a kid, and he tries to explain what turns him into this killer. And it shows you a lot of the stuff in the Haddonfield um, Asylum... I think it's all the hospital, whatever, with, with uh, Dr. Loomis. Um, but it's almost like a double-edged sword because when you start to explain what why he is that way, it makes him less scary, in my opinion, because I think somewhat like in the original, he just turned one night, he snapped one night, and he killed his sister for no reason. When you try to start explaining it with very human emotions and stuff, it makes it far less scary and far less effective. But yeah. It's got every it's every curse word you can think of. It's just well, it's like that. <clears throat> what's more scary is a faceless killer. Yes, exactly. Um, and when you try to sort of delve, like you say, delve deeper, give him give him emotions, you sometimes you take away the thing that makes him scary, the mysteriousness yeah. and the um, unpredictability of yeah. of Michael. Don't get me wrong, Tyler Mayne is the guy who plays Michael. He's one of the scariest looking guys. He's about six foot seven. He's a huge beast of a man, but he, for Rob Zombies, he went for more of the um, brutal Michael, where I prefer John Carpenter's Nick Castle, almost supernatural, because I think yeah. that's way more scary and more effective. So, yeah, I, I'm never going to watch that film again. <laughs> right. Um, I'll let you take the raps on this one. Well, this, I don't know, because I'm going to go with Indiana Jones and Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, yeah. 2008. Now, it is a sequel but there's some debate whether or not it was actually meant to reboot the whole series I heard that as well actually um, yeah. and the idea was that Shia LaBeouf who plays Indy's son Mud mm. was going to take over um, and it didn't I don't, and maybe it would have done had, had the film been more successful mm. then perhaps perhaps it would have done I mean it's odd because I don't think it's that bad of a film I remember because we, we saw yeah, it in the cinema it's okay, but I just think, you know, Mutt as a character is not particularly likable, I, I don't think. I wouldn't have gone with Shia LaBeouf at I all, don't I think, think. Yeah, and I just don't think it's very appealing to audiences. Well, you can't, I think it's stupid how they made him like a greaser, or, yeah. or you just look at Shia LaBeouf, that's not Indiana Jones' right. son, you is it? this sort of iconic character like Indiana Jones. Um, yeah, it's... It, yeah, it just... <laughs> I mean, it explores some quite cool um, themes. Um, but, yeah, it's it's one of those films as well, those 2000 films right, where just the CGI during the yeah. monkey scene with him swinging. Well, they had, they had the, lots of problems with the, the screenplay thing, yeah. the story, what, the, what they were going to do it on. And they, um, you know, it was going to be the, the NASCAR... Um, Schools, yeah, 
not Nazca skull, the crystal skulls and everything. And it just, it then went into kind of interdimensional traveling aliens and all this kind and of thing. It kind thing. of got away from. Yeah, what makes. Was, Indiana Jones was very grounded yeah. and it got into just uh, proper like fantasy yeah. issues. It just doesn't belong in an Indiana yeah. Jones film. Um, one here, which is maybe controversial. Controversial, is, yes. Uh, the 20, 2006 Superman Returns. I tell you what, I love this film. Now, this is a reboot because this is set after Superman 2 mm. in the 70s. Ignore Superman 3 and 4. So, Retcons do. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's not a bad film, but unfortunately, I think it just didn't do very well at the, the box office. Well, what happened? Um, like I said, Brandon Ralph is a very good Superman. I thought he was very good. He, he um, You can see the dedication he put, he put on the muscle. He, uh, I can see him as Superman, you know. Of course, yeah. it's hard to follow in Christopher Reeve's footsteps, but... The reason why this is considered a bomb, because like I said, I think it's a brilliant. It's got, unfortunately, now we'll say it, in this time it's got Kevin Spacey yeah. in it, but he's brilliant as Lex Luthor. Um, it's a very dark Superman film, um, but it has a lot of the themes that the the, the hope and um, unity themes of of Superman, what it should have. And the only reason why this is considered a box office bomb is because they expected it to make so much more money. Because actually, made I think. It, in the US alone, it made 300 million, which is, for 2006 isn't bad at all, no. but they expected it to be, because they're Superman, in it? They expected it to be made yeah. over a billion or something, and that's why it's considered. But like I said, hey, if if you get the chance, I this is to, because I know you've seen it, This if you get the chance, anyone listening, watch it, because it's a really good film. And like yeah. I said, I, I'm going to defend that to the day I die as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And the last one I think we're going to touch on is, is controversially, uh, the 2016 Ghostbusters. Yeah. Now, so the the film cost 144 million. Mm. Um, that's just the budget. Um, the box office it made 229 million. But you think, well, that's not so bad. But they spent loads of money on marketing. Yeah. And another incidental. So um, there's rumours that. Anywhere between 70 and 80 million loss for Sony Pictures. And they're sort of blaming a lot of different things um, on on it not doing so well. Um, obviously, there's this big whole um, controversy about men not liking the film because it's got an all female cast. Yeah. Even before it, even before it, it was in cinemas, mm. um, it was downvoted. The actual trailer was downvoted on YouTube. The IMDb page was downvoted, and they blamed it on a sort of small number of misogynistic men mm. who just couldn't accept um, an old woman cast in a film that that they loved. Um, I mean, this thing we're we're gonna say our opinions as two men. That you know, what I mean, yeah. um, we don't. When I know it's a very touchy subject because it's it's uh, it's gender it's that type of um, politics sort of thing. Um, but we do not mean to offend anyone. This is just purely our opinion. And if we're wrong to you, then we're, then we're wrong to you. There's nothing we can do yeah. about that. But And, you know, they blame, so they say a lot of the, it's a lot of the controversy that put people off going to see it yeah. as well. Um, I mean, it was endorsed by the original cast, Dan mm. Aykroyd, for example, but then he's actually come out afterwards and he's blamed the director, Paul Figg, Saying that you know he 
there was a lot of scenes that he wanted in the film that he wanted to shoot and Fig wouldn't do it. And then eventually they, they ended up having to go back and reshoot these scenes, which put the cost of the film up. Yeah. Um, Fig just says it's, well, it's, it's men, basically. Um, his quote was like, the original Ghostbusters is, is like a, um, it's like a tree house that, you know, no girls allowed. Yeah. And men just won't accept a Ghostbusters remake, reboot, whatever, with an all-female cast. And I don't think that's right, no. personally. Um, of course not. Um, and this is actually a reboot. It's not... It's It obviously takes themes from the original film, yes. but it's not a direct remake of it. So it was a standalone film. I mean, I, I, I watched it, and personally... It's not a very good film. Um, yeah. I just don't think it's funny. I don't think it's got. And I tried to watch it sort of um... open-mindedly. Yeah. yeah. And I tried to forget about the original Ghostbusters mm. and and just view it as a standalone film. And it may be just it's it's objective, you know. It may be that the humor just doesn't translate, you know, yeah. that that sort of American humor. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's there's there's. Millions of people didn't like it, but there's millions of people yeah. that did like it, you know. Um, and you know, reading reviews, mixed reviews. Some people love it, some people hate it. But yeah. that's that's like any film, I think. Mm. But I think that's just amplified because of, of the fact it's an all, all female cast. Yeah. Um, it's, it's it's an odd one because, like yeah. I said, I I wanted to like it. That's the thing. I yeah. wanted to watch, and I, and I wanted it to be good, and I wanted it to like it. But I just I just it just wasn't. To me personally, wasn't good, and it seems like all the male characters, Chris Hemsworth's character, they kind of go over the top to try to make him kind of stupid and and, you know, um, like look down upon. Yeah, and I, it's the thing, right? Forget forget about the all all female cast. Uh, It's it's a Ghostbusters film. We both love Ghostbusters. I wanted to like this film um, because it is part of that Ghostbusters. sort of franchise but I like I said I didn't like it and I know a lot of people are going to say well you didn't like it because you're a man because it's an all female cast but no I just think that I mean I can pinpoint one scene um, the elevator scene uh, yeah the elevator scene is is where it's their first job they go to this hotel mm. and that's where they catch Slimer yeah but they're going up in the elevator and they've got their proton packs on, which haven't been tested fully. And so I think, is it... Um, Fenkman um, says to uh, Ray yeah. that they've not been tested and you see him and Egon um, slightly start moving away from Venkman yeah. and um, they look white. They have, like, a white... Yeah. expression on their face and for me that is that's a subtle joke which yeah. is, is quite and funny it yeah. explains it explains the joke in what it must be what 40 seconds yeah and that, yeah. it actually like that physically makes you laugh for me personally I love I love that type of co- comedy because it's smartly written like someone's actually thought of that and I um, if I compare it to the same scene how they explain the proton packs um it's literally they're in like a alleyway, and um, Melissa McCarthy's character 
puts on the protein uh, proton pack, and uh, as she turns it on, she starts starts flying her everywhere. She's up flying in the air and and um, shouting, screaming, and it goes on for goes on for quite a while, and it's it, it is again that cheap slapstick comedy, and in a in a film like Ghostbusters where it stars some of the best comedic actors and writers from obviously Saturday Night Live. They've they've put in their they've written that smart comedy before and like I said, Ghostbusters is one of the most smartly written comedies of all time. It just doesn't compare at all for me personally. Mm. And like I said, it's uh Ghostbusters the original is much more to the point mm. and it it's a bit more serious, but that's what makes it funnier in my opinion. Like I said there's yeah. going to be people that, that find the 2016 funnier because they find slapstick. Yeah. But I just, for me personally, I just find the comedy in, the smartly written comedy in Ghostbusters, the original, just yeah. generally funnier. I would say this about any film, that, um, you know, rather, rather than take a risk on producing an original storyline for, mm. for an original film, yeah, you know, it's easier to remake or reboot an existing franchise or existing mm. film because you know that you're going to get an audience from the people that loved the original generally yeah. speaking um it's just with that, with that, i have a problem with it because i was like in my in my head i'm like if you can't if say like the studio can't be bothered to give us an original fascinating storyline why should i bother giving you my money to go and watch the film mm. and I think the reason why people were so annoyed is because, not because it's an all-female cast, it's just because it, even though it was a reboot, it, it has a lot of ties to the original. It uses a lot of the same dialogue, believe it or not. It uses a lot of the same um, scenes to push it in that same direction. And like I said, if they just made a, even if they made a, um, made a film, a standalone film, that's not called Ghostbusters with an original idea. I think that'd be much more fascinating than taking a an old 80s classic like yeah. Ghostbusters. Like I said before, with Halloween, with Raiders, Ghostbusters is one of those films you just don't touch. It's a classic. It doesn't need anything else. You know, it is on its own. It's a standalone. It's a classic. And like I said, even if it had been an all-male all cast... I can tell you, I'd have been, I still would have been pissed off, and mm. I know a lot of people aren't going to believe me. That's fine, but that is that is God's honest truth. But it's just, a, it's just a hard one. Like I said, I, I try, I really did try and like it, yeah. but I just, I just couldn't. But it's, it's, it's not just that. I mean, there's, there's other films that I, I, that I don't like because I don't like the people in it or whatever. Well, I, I can name. I'd need twenty fingers, but I can name the amount of act actors you you hate. Yeah. You know what I mean that you won't see. Yeah. So it's not got nothing to do with gender. It's got nothing to do with the 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 actors themselves. Yeah. It's just the story, the the creativity behind the films. Yeah, I think if you are gonna remake a film or reboot a film, you know, at least make it good. Make an original story yeah. from it. You know. Um, I mean, a, a reboot gives you a blank slate, really, yeah. to to take that original idea. It's just and, like, what's and, the point in spending all that money yeah. rebooting it, having, like you said, having that blank slate if you're just going to do the same thing? 
Yeah. Again, so yeah, it's that's that's really what's in my head with this thing. Like I said, it's it's quite hard. You got to yeah, you know. But like I said, it's it's we just want to con- we just want to say that it's got nothing to do with gender. It's got nothing to do with the the actors themselves. It's just like I said, we're big Ghostbusters fans, and we believe that you that you shouldn't touch a classic like that. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, these other films, like we said, Halloween, why why touch something like Halloween? Because it doesn't, you know, if you're going to, what I ask, what I question is when somebody comes to do a remake or a reboot, I ask, why are you doing it? Yeah. I can understand if you're trying to introduce that, you know, characters or that, that concept to a whole new audience. I know, mm. you know, films, are, you know, a film made in the 60s is going to look dated and maybe needs to be updated. Mm. Yeah. But like I said, it's just some films you just think, well, like Psycho, for example. Yeah, what's the why? Why? Why do a, a shot for shot remake of a classic film like that? What was the point in doing it? And you know what it comes down to? That's a very good and point that you've made. Money. It's money. Yeah. And that's why we don't like this 2016 one is because they knew it was going to make a loads of money. Of course, it lost money as well. Yeah. But. I'm sure when they made it, they didn't expect it to lose money. They expected just, to make million, billions, know, maybe. It's kind of a cynical thing where they, well, they'll make a, they'll do a remake or a reboot, knowing that they've got like almost like a captive audience. Yeah, you know, and it's it's like that thing I was saying the other day. You put you put out a Star Wars film, and Star Wars fans will go and watch it, yeah. regardless of if it's shit or not, and they'll yeah. go and watch it two or three or even more times. Because there's the appetite there for those those yes. films, and I think there is the appetite there for Ghostbusters. I know there's another Ghostbusters film coming out later mm. this year, and there there is an appetite there for it. I wanted to see a Ghostbusters film. I wanted to see a you know, so I wanted to like the film. I'm um, hopefully it, it, and it looks with with the new Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters film, it's an original story. Well, it is. It is actual yeah. sequel because the the original cast are, are in it. Yeah. Um, but it's taken it to a. Yeah. It looks like it's taken it to a, to somewhere else. So because the idea behind the the, the 2016, it was going to have that was going to be the start of a new yeah. franchise, um, which I think Sony abandoned. But yeah. But yeah, like I said, I'm, we're just going to see it in cinemas, and we? we're going to review it as well. We're yeah. generally fascinated about this new film. Yeah. But hey, if it's shit, we'll, we'll come on here and tell it's shit. Yeah, you know there's, I mean? a lot, there's a lot of films, there's a lot of remakes and reboots I've seen that, you know, that I hate. Yeah. It's just part and parcel of being yeah. a film, like watching films. It's part and parcel of anything. There's good yeah. things and bad things, isn't there? And films no exceptions. So. I'm sure there are. there is a minority of, of men out there who didn't want to see it purely because Oh, yeah, had. Of, course, of course there would have been full-on misogynists yeah. who would have hated it. But like I said, it's a um, minority, and it's not fair to to think that that's all men when it's re- when it really isn't. And just because you don't like something, you know, it's that's your taste. It's yeah. not it's not based on anything other than what you like. Yeah, and there's lots of films that you you like that I don't. Mm. Vice versa as well. So. It's just like I said, it's just with anything, isn't it? Really, but. Please, please don't write in. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's yeah. I think we covered everything. Covered everything, we? yeah. I think the thing to take away from that is you know you get some remakes are good, some mm. are bad. Some sequels are good, some are bad. Mm. Um, but it's a very fascinating to- um, topic. Yeah. Um, I think we should mention 
Uh, yeah, well, in the celebration of Star Wars Day um, on the 4th of May, we're going to do a live uh, stream podcast tomorrow at 2 p.m. British summertime. Um, you can join in with that um, if you want to. And uh, it will be posted on May the yeah, 4th? it'll be, um, we'll do a live stream, but the live stream's recorded, and then we'll we'll post it to our normal uh, channels uh, on, on the 4th of May, so that's Spotify, iTunes, um, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and everything else, YouTube. We're just going to talk about all things Star Wars, because yeah. we're two well, huge nerds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, we're going to talk um, the original, oh sorry, the Skywalker saga, so... Yeah, if you wanna wanna join us, Phil, please take it. Yeah. All that's left is to thank you and uh, thank you very much, and see you next week. <laughs>